I started, like I said on the, on the interview, I went on in May 2020. And briefly, the reason I went to Bond is because I was like really, really depressed. I, I like I had a lot of depression, um, like to the point where like I would self harm, not cut myself, but I don't even want to get into it. But anyways, um, so firstly, he is mentally unstable. If you're suicidal, then you are obviously mentally unstable. Let me listen. Then I discovered Jesse and what he said first about forgiving your mother and real men are supposed to be not angry. I was like, oh man, that's, I, I'm angry and I feel like a weak man, you know? Like my identity, I didn't, I didn't really understand my identity. So as a young man, so as soon as Jesse opened back up, I went straight, you know, to the, to the service, uh, live service. Cause I live in South Central and he is, is uh, bond is like uh, 15 minutes away from where I live. So first time I ever go there, I'm like, hey, hello, my name is Samuel. Uh, thank you for, you know, your message. It really helped me a lot. I forgave my parents. I forgave my dad. I forgave my mom. And now, like, my life is, I'm growing. Like, I'm letting go of all the old stuff. And uh, so I want to thank him. And then uh, he also asked me, what do you do? I said, I have my own auto visa and uh, at the time, it wasn't named Samuel Mexican. It was named SCLA Auto Detailing. Um, so the reason I changed it to Samuel Mexican Cars, boy, a quick detour of the story, is because he started calling me that because that's what he saved me on his number as. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just run with it. I mean, people know me as Samuel Mexican Cars, boy. It's me. It's my face. I'm the brand. Cool. I'll run with it. So then, anyways, that was a little detour. Anyways, at the end of the service, he promised me, hey, you could work on my, you could walk, detail my truck. And I said, cool, man. Like, man, I'm gonna get to work on Jesse's truck. This is, this is nuts right now. Um, so, so we exchanged numbers. And then this is in private, like if, I don't know if any, I assume you guys haven't been to the Bonchers, but it was like it was in Orlando. Um, where after everybody just talks to Jesse, talks amongst one another, you know, the, the, the breakdown of the service. And I go to him and I'm like, Jesse, uh, another thing that's on me, I was abused when I was a boy. And that's really like, I can't, I don't know if I can let that go. And he's like, forgive and let go. Just let it go. Uh, all thoughts or lies, uh, past doesn't exist. I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. So then I was like, okay, cool. I, I would not pay much attention to the thoughts telling me about that stuff, you know? So I was growing, I was growing. This was in May, 2020. And I met Tony and Anthony at the 21 convention in October, 2020, because that's when Jesse out of nowhere, and mind you, like to me, I consider myself still like a newbie, you know? Like not even a year of knowing Jesse. He invites me, all expenses paid to 21 Studios convention. I didn't even know who they were, honestly. But I went because I was like, man, I get to represent Jesse, like be like Jesse's bodyguard and, and just a rep, like a ambassador for Bond because I was like, man, I've been helped so much. And up to this point, no weird stuff. And also no weird stuff happening at the 21 convention. I shared a room with Jesse. It was just Jesse and I in one room and then Nick uh, Gonzalez in the other room right next door. And I, you can uh, uh, confirm.
confirm that, Tony, because if you remember, you picked us up. Oh, I remember. I remember well. Yeah. Absolutely. You picked, you like, you escorted us, and, and I walked out of the room with Jesse. So uh, no weird stuff happened that, that, that trip at all. If anything, it got me closer to Jesse because we had, like, late-night talks, like, about life and about my insecurities. Um things that, you know, was like real deep to me. And he would share with, he would tell me about, you know, about how to overcome that. And I was like, cool, man. So I left that, that trip feeling like on cloud nine. So um, fast forward to March, early March or late February. Uh, I would have to confirm that on my schedule because the way I keep track of the dates is not because I wrote them down and all. And here's here's the thing to all the people that want proof. I I don't want to remember this stuff. You get me? Like I didn't want to be like, hold on, let me, Jesse, you gonna do this to me? Let me record real quick. Like, yeah, let's do it. Like that's weird. I wasn't even thinking that to expose him would be to expose myself. Like, and I wasn't ready for that. But anyways, um, late March, early February, whatever. Uh. I had just cleaned the bond office because every I got hired in December of 2020. I got somewhere around that time. I got hired to work at the bond office every single Friday. So um, I'm at the bond office, and up to this point, Jesse and I are close. We're already, you know, long hugs. Um, he, him telling me he loves me like a son. Um, he would call me. Every night, not every night, but every other night, check in. How, how was work? How was your business? How, how are you dealing with life? Oh, good, Jesse. Thank you. Thank you for checking in. But it wasn't until that day I went over to his his, uh, his room, and uh, it was a Friday night. And I remember, and this is also to because someone asked the question of how, how can you say he put on your pants? Like, and to that defense, you made me remember, thanks to whoever left that phone, because you made me remember. Um, at, you made me remember. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to let him get his thing off. I got to get back to work, but let me get his thing off. At this point, I was already working out like consistently because I was like, you know, motivated. I was like feeling on top of the world. I was working out consistently, trying to make myself stronger. So, so was Jesse. So I would take off my shirt and he would look at my, my, my body like, oh man, like, and I would do it because, oh, Jesse, let me show you the work I've been doing. Look, look, check this out. I'm not proud of that. I probably shouldn't have done that, but hey, man, whatever. And then at one point I would tell him, oh, I'm working on squats. And then he's like, oh, let me see your legs. So I, at first it started with like pulling up, you know, my pants, like from the, from the, from the, what, the boot up to the leg but then last time i was like he's in the gym and he was wearing boots and stuff but it seems this wasn't in the gym he's saying he's saying this was inside the room so i don't know what's going on with that it became oh take off your pants and i was like okay i'm gonna just pose right here and by the way the whole time the, the, the door is locked so no one saw this stuff um so that's what led to the moment where it first happened i had i believe i had taken off my pants and then it was just me sitting in like my boxers 
and then him kneeling in front of me because I was about oh he would do this pretty often where I would want to pull up my pants but he would be like no no don't do that I'm like what do you mean Jesse like stop man I'm trying to pull up my pants he's like no no come on like and he would just do his little laugh like <laughs> and then but then that's what that's when he did it right um and then I went into the silent prayer and first he pulled out my boxers and then he starts rubbing it and he's like hey uh why is it getting hard? I'm like, why? This is a 24-year-old man saying that he got a blowjob from a 70-year-old man and, and somehow he was manipulated into doing this. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, if anybody wants to check this crap out, it's at 21 Studios. This next one the agenda. I'm gonna go through this entire thing next time. There's only ten minutes or nine minutes, nine minutes, fourteen seconds. But um, I had a situation personally, man, when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? This is what twenty years ago, right? Now the situation traumatized me. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain to people what traumatization means. Excuse me. Traumatization means. You can see this shit clearly if ever you think back about it. It is an embedded memory which has, which has stuck within your mental. Most of the details are going to be vivid. Right? You consider yourself being taken advantage of, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be vivid. Okay. This is how my situation occurred. To other people, it may not sound like nothing big. You know what I'm saying? But this is 20 years ago. Something that happened to me years ago. All right. I was at home, and a friend of mine in Atlanta said he's going to come by and give me a shot. Now, at this time, I had my own apartment. I kicked my girl out. I have a dog and a cat. Now, I kicked my girl out. I had problems with my girl. I, I actually was kicking her out. She came back with problems, tried to bring more problems. I was like, you know what, bitch? You got to go. I, I took a day inside the spot, came back out. You know what I'm saying? Um, she went up the road or whatever. She disappeared. And I was cool with that. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing big. I'm glad you're far from me because I don't trust you. She was doing, she stole $500 from me. And to give you all context before people start going into this. Oh, what's that mean? Stole $500 from me out of money that I had saved for a rainy day. Uh, she was, I think she was cheating around the block with other dudes. She came back to me when she, when um she had taken a, a train. She stole my money, took a train, no Greyhound, went to another state, and, and came back with chlamydia after I let her come back. This is how much of a beta male I was. Like, please, baby, come back. You know, we're going to make it work, blah, 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 blah. She was by a dude that was like, what are you doing with about him? Blah, 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 blah. All right, whatever, dummy. I took her back. All right. So when she was gone, I was inside my apartment. My boy said he's going to pass through. This is how clear, this is how clear your memory is of trauma. Nobody has to remind me of this shit, right? My boy says he's going to pass through. I got a dog and a cat. The dog is, the cat, sorry, is under the, no, the dog. I don't, nobody ain't got to remind me of it. I know it's a dog. The dog was under the table. So we was talking for a bit. The dog was on the table. He started playing with the dog. Touching the dog's nose, right? Says, yo, look at this, look at this. I'm like, look at what? He said, look, right there, right there, look, look at this. 
Now, and I put my finger to touch the dog. And I, touch, I had a puppy, a pit bull puppy, right? Put my finger to touch the dog, put it on the nose. And he start, tried to touch my finger. He's like, right there, look, right there. I stepped back. I said, okay, it's nothing. Now, the cat was on the couch. He was on the table. The table was like maybe about 15 feet from the, the table. So he's there crouched down under the table playing with the dog. And I'm sitting on the couch looking at this motherfucker like, should I kill you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm playing with the cat. He's like, What's, why you don't check the dog? Why you don't check the dog? I said, nah, I like pussy better. <laughs> True story. He realized I knew what he was doing. Got up. We talked for a little bit more. I kept my distance. I stayed on the couch. He, he stayed over by the chair. He realized I wasn't really about it. And he left. Within a matter of about two minutes after that. I was like, yeah, I got some things to do, though. You know what I'm saying? That's trauma. You don't have to remind me about my trauma. Oh, you got the cat and the door mixed up. It's 20 years ago. Vivid imagery. I can see it today. I can see it right now. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my boy with the dreads. I'm looking at the shirt he got, which was brown. This is off of a man touching my finger. Come on, man. We gonna go into this. This we gonna go into this um sexual assault accusation shit. Because there's real people who are being sexually assaulted and they're being ignored, while these people are being given a platform to talk their shit. So this is the new agenda. This is what's, what's going on. We're going to we're going to be exposing the. I'm going to go between real trauma victim cases, proven trauma of convicted felons, compared to cases of Nexium, compared to accounts from R. Kelly abusers, compared to accounts from Bill Cosby abusers. Right? We're going to go A B A B. I'm going to keep it in line. So y'all can see the difference between trauma, what real trauma is, because these people are going on unheard, unlistened to, kicked under a carpet and probably even like, what you going to do? You keep talking, I'm, I'm going to come for you. That's how, they go, that's how they're intimidating these individuals. And then they have other individuals who have nothing happening to them, like in the R. Kelly case, and we're seeing this live. Because when we go through the transcripts, we're seeing how they're creating a narrative based on a proposed book deal. It's not based on an actual incident. It's based on a proposed book deal that they're all going to get rights for the movie script. So this is next on the agenda, right? This is exposing how this is played out to us. This is exposing how this is played out to us. Oh, y'all like this one. I didn't curse on this. You know, no cursing, no expletives, you know? <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, I mean, me and my boy still cool. You know, the dude who was crouched under the table with my damn dog. I mean, I don't, have, I don't got no beef with him. If I go back to ATL, I'm going to still give him a shout. But I know what you're doing, bro. You know? <laughs> don't bring it around me. I'm not staying at your spot, for sure. 
But you know what else I won't do? I will not go into your room and allow someone to lock the door. What's up with that? What's going on with this? Is this really Jessalie Peterson you're talking about? Or are you interjecting memories from someone else that you actually had a consensual, a consensual sexual um, occurrence with? Because I'm hearing your your respect for Jesse Lee Peterson. You're asking this like, of course it's gonna get harder. Anybody touches it, like, come on, it's a it's a penis, man, come on. And then he would he would laugh and. I'm not playing with these niggas, man. Seventy years old, and he's forcing you to so that he can touch your penis. You were how old at this time? About 24, 22? And he is 70. And he's showing him your dick in a locked room. There's no cult like that, bro. No cult can make somebody or allow somebody to touch your penis. That's you. That's you. When are people going to take personal accountability for their own strange actions? You know? Or their own false narratives? Because there's a situation that popped up in England, right? I know a lot of people ain't going to think. But um, the situation is popping up in England now. And I posted it up the other day. Let me see if I can find it quick before I get back to work, y'all. Um, British. It's a group. It's a group about hoping something where they're paying individuals to make up false accusations, dox you, and they're the money behind it. Here we go. Hope not hate exposed. Alex Ryan, there's a three minute clip. Hopefully, this here gets to the point. Hello from beautiful Britain. Under the control, and confronted Dick Blows, he kind of lost it so far and let slip information that only Nick Blows knew and the agent that Tommy had working within Hope Not Hate. Only those two people knew that information. So Tommy actually exposed his own agent or mole within Hope Not Hate. They're putting him in danger or putting him in danger. Yeah, because these people they may look they may look nice, but these people are nuts. These people will kill you. These people do not care. Tommy Robinson exposed hope, not hate. Wow. Hope, not hate have misrepresented BitChute by falsely claiming that it supports 
terrorist content when that isn't true. Wow, this is crazy. Anyway, um, this is an expose of an organisation called Hope Night. You're going to witness allegations of blackmail, sexual assault, providing drugs to sources of information in order to get them to say something, paying people tens of thousands of pounds. When you get your media reports or see on documentaries people speaking about us, you see a source of information. What I'm going to do is give evidence and show you how those sources are created. The BBC, Channel 4, they can't blackmail people. They can't offer money to people. In steps the dirty tricks brigade of the British establishment, Hope Not Hate. They come in, they take a source, they approach people, everyone they approach around you. They offer money, they offer drugs, whatever it takes in order to get them to say what they say. When they say what they, say, they, they want them to say, or they lie, these guys publish it to the world. The problem is that they're taken as reliable sources because Hope Not Hate's reputation carries weight. They're in with your politicians, they're supported by all the political parties. By the end of this documentary, you're going to question every source of information that you see from this point on. In this documentary, you're going to hear a lot about Hope Not Hate. It's important you understand who they are. Hope Not Hate is a so-called anti-fascist organisation who formed in 2004. They formed from a group and a magazine called Search. Nick Lowell? Anti-fascist. Antifa, right? It formed from a, a, a magazine, Searchlight, meaning they are creating an information network, a state within your state. Who now leads Hope Not Hate was a lead member of Searchlight. In 1984, Searchlight worked alongside Panorama to fraudulently edit footage, which they were prosecuted or taken to court and sued for. They paid a million pound damages to conservative MPs who they wrongfully edited footage to link them with far-right extremist groups. Hope Not Hate brand themselves as an anti-fascist organisation. They're there to tackle fascism. In reality, they label, slander and attack anyone who speaks out against open borders or against Islam. The worrying thing is they have a lot of influence. For example, all media outlets across the UK, across the world, take what they say as credible and they work hand in hand with them. From CNN, The Guardian, Huffington Post, The Independent, Sky News, Newsnight, Panorama, The Metro, The Sunday Times, they even advise the UN. They advise counter-terrorism. Just last year, Hope Not Hate were identified in the Swedish military report on left-wing extremist violence. It has been proven that Hope Not Hate exaggerated hate crime figures by 3,000%. Nothing they said after that point should ever have been taken as credible, let alone taken by journalists without checking anything and spread around the world to demonise and slander people and organisations. They play a key role in pressurising social media drivers, whether it be with petitions or requests from MPs that they're working alongside with to say who's promoting hate. Not who's promoting hate that would breach laws in this country, but who needs silencing with their opinion. They're now teaching your children in schools about Fascism. If we take a quote from their original spin doctor, Dan Hodgson, from his quote, you'll understand the tactics they use in this documentary. It was a no-holds-barred, bare-knuckle PR. We used every dirty, underhand, low-down, unscrupulous trick in the book. These are quotes from their spin doctor, Joe Mulhouse, who is a lead researcher for Hope Not Hate. He brags about days out with their BBC political reporters. Their relationship works hand-in-hand -hand with the corrupt mainstream media. 
They do the reports, the media then use their ammunition and their labelling to attack people and organisations, to demonise them and slander them. In 2015, Joe Milhouse used the hashtag Antifa on several occasions. The reason why this is so relevant is when you understand who Antifa are. Antifa are an organisation that leading members of the American government have called to be prescribed as a terrorist organisation. They balaclava up, they mask up, and they violently attack people who they're told to attack, and organisations which are highlighted to them by groups and organisations. I have no problem with y'all Antifa people. You know what I'm saying? Numbers whatsoever. Y'all do y'all thing. We're just examining what y'all doing. If you're doing such a good job, you should be glad people are examining it and speaking on it and saying, yo, look at look at what they're doing. Not like you could be seriously stopped. You know? I'm only calling attention to strategies, etc. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be inside with your homosexual organization or the transgender thing about it and the Luciferian principles which are pushed by, let's say, groups like Antifa, the anti-pedo bashing. No, I don't believe pedophiles should even be inside your society. I believe once they show Luciferian traits, they should be removed from your society completely. Why would anybody disagree with that? Why are you always trying to integrate with others? Why not just build your own? Because they don't teach you how to build, they teach you how to parasite, parasite. right? Now, I think Antifa members need to look at themselves in that manner as well. You're being fed by a corporation. You think that corporation really likes you? They're all they're going to castrate you all. Homosexual, transgender, they're going to castrate you all. So why? Just because you want to fit in? Why would homosexuals want to fit in? This is next on the agenda. This is all next on the agenda. Why would homosexuals want to fit in? around people who don't really like them when and they, these homosexuals know they're a single generation society so within that single generation wouldn't it be great to create a utopia for homosexuals such as themselves create their own economy far away from this system it's always about infiltration they're making you weak and you don't understand it like hope not they find out who you are they contact your work anyone who steps above the power Hope Not Hate's goal is to silence them and stop them. This is about stopping free speech. This is about having people too scared to speak. We'll speak with one gentleman now whose life has been completely changed due to him voicing his opinions. He broke no law, committed no crime. But wait you hear what Hope Not Hate does This time last year, I said I was working full-time, happy, and because of some things I was doing outside of work, where I was sort of expressing my political opinions and so on, uh, I ended up drawing their fire, uh, and they wrote a report and called it in to the employer. So it was a kind of deliberate attempt to, it wasn't just to dox me, because I, I hadn't hidden my name, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong, I was just expressing an opinion, uh, but it was an attempt to deliberately get me fired. Where was you working? I was working at Standard Chartered Bank in Norgate. Uh, I was an associate, so I'd been there from a grad. I went to Bristol University and then went to the bank train afterwards. So I've been there for about just around 18 months at this point. So good career. Yeah, it was going well internally, but. I'm sorry, Maz, but I know it's, it's four o'clock in the morning here, but I've just got off the phone to Caden for an hour, yeah? How much have they told you about Hope Not Hate? Not much, why? You're aware they've been meeting with them regularly? Continually met with them when you were doing your borderless documentary. Hope my hate flew out to Italy to meet them. I don't know what they were talking about, but for the most part, like I think they're like they're 
So what happens when reporters are exposed as, as grandmaster criminals? You know, when I used to do things back in the days, right? One of the greatest things about doing it was making myself appear to be innocent while doing it. You know? Remember one time, um, I think this was 1990 something. <laughs> I went to a mall. Me and my my cut me and a family member. I can't give all the details just in case because they're gonna be changing all the laws to attack everyone. Me and a family member went to the mall. This is a this is what happens with traumatizing situations. They are etched, right? So I was visiting out there. We went to a mall and I was walking around. They had a little stall, a woman with a glass case with nothing but gold rings. Right? So me, knowing I'm only there for a couple of weeks or whatever, for about I think I was there for like two weeks. I went in there, I was like, um, let me see this, 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 and then this, 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 and this. Right? I called for like five rings. And in between her 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 showing me them, I put one inside my hand, kept it, and I slipped it. And my cousin watched me. <laughs> my family member watched me. You know what I'm saying? So when we were leaving, they were like, um, why you didn't get me one? I'm like, yo, let's go, let's go. It's not that kind of party. <laughs> Bounce. <laughs> yeah, yo. But I did it so innocently. It was like in between the work or whatever. It was just like, yeah, okay, cool. Have a good day. That's the thing about it. What happens when a reporter is exposed as a criminal? You see the difference? Here's you 
here's the friend that I told about it because it's kind of weird that this person acting like they own me was there intimidation in, in, in Jesse's and what they consider Jesse's allegations was their blackmail I mean so, so we sleep to say via the line literally just had a coffee with them, but they basically just carried on trash house uh, and said, you've got to do like skies or, or one mainstream media thing. Um, and then uh, I went back to London to drop something off uh, to go then to Spain. So Caleb was left in Milan for one night. Nick left that night as well, I think. Um, and then this is when this thing happened to Caleb and said that he was basically really wasted and he thinks they are making the British state this is what hope not hate did Create sources of I don't know if y'all heard that clearly. If they didn't give up, if they didn't um leave working with this guy Tommy Robinson, they would have been imprisoned by Christmas. That's how seriously they want him silenced. Now I'm gonna show you Tommy Robinson to me is I gotta watch some of his work, but I'm gonna show you um Jesse Lee Peterson. <laughs> Because y'all don't understand. I have with me Matt Carson. He's a host on the YouTube channel, Mr. Girl. What the, um, I want to <laughs> ask you about you and your girlfriend. You guys have a very interesting relationship. And, and that's real, right? It's not an act, it's real. It's real. It's all 100% real, yeah. Why are you with her? She seemed to be so out to lunch. Why are you with her? Out to lunch like crazy? Yeah. You think she's crazier than me? No. How did two crazy people come together? How did that happen? I was a nude art model in Los Angeles. 
So I started adding female artists on Facebook and I ended up adding 500 women and just messaging all the uh, ones that I was attracted to who, who looked single and local. And Shaylin was one of those lucky ladies. And so did you guys have an instant attraction where you finally met each other in person? The first thing I said to her was that she looked like Lady Gaga. <laughs> and she said, okay, nice, let's, let's hook up. So, Matt, I... <laughs> I'm sorry, man, that's just a white dude. I, I figured it would be a better one. Um, not, uh, not with, I, I don't know, last year, we created the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. Patrice Collins. And, uh, we created that hashtag, uh, um, from a place of grief, but also from a place of wanting to declare that, uh, Black Lives Matter, and that is important that we, um, as a, as a nation really look at the problems of race in this country. Um, and then obviously this year, the hashtag has, has just taken on a life of its own. Um, and uh, myself and Darnell Moore, uh, we co-organized a Black Life Matter ride to St. Louis Ferguson, mm -hmm. um, the third week after the uprisings there. Um, and so we organized over 600 people, uh, black people, to drive into St. Louis and Ferguson, and we stayed there for two days. Um, and then to get to that point, the hashtag uh, was brought back to over 20 uh, plus cities. That's amazing. And you're located here in LA, right? Yep, Los Angeles, California. Uh, explain to us some of the demands of Black Lives Matter. Um, one of our biggest demands that we're going to be really working on for this upcoming year is um, calling on uh, local long, uh, local um, city councils and, and county governments to look at how they're allocating funding um, specifically towards law enforcement and not into um, alternatives in our communities like jobs, um, uh, housing, um, access to healthy food. And so we're going to be really trying to um, pass resolutions of city councils and county governments as well as in Congress to um, uh, push forward uh, a model that would um, really look at how we can um, figure out how our communities can be resourced. That's not just about resourcing law enforcement. So you're using this occasion to get more government um, finance or programs into the black community. Exactly. But isn't it, isn't that, that's one of the primary reasons that black people are not all but most are so morally bankrupt is because government has been taking care of them for the last 50 or 60 years or so. Government is hurting them rather than helping them. Why do you want more government programs in the black community? Um, I think that it's, I mean, I don't know if it's a uh, government that's been morally bankrupt. Um, no, or is it government that has been morally right. bankrupt by, by the lack of government services? No, not the um, lack of too much government support has devalued Black Americans. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think um, 
there hasn't been enough support. Um, I think, especially for me, growing up in Los Angeles, I grew up in poverty and uh, watched my mother uh, work three plus jobs, uh, barely was able to uh, see her. And as I went to school, I witnessed how um, mostly communities of color, black communities were segregated even in our own schools, um, tracked into um, sort of lower uh, education. And I think that the government hasn't actually done enough for black people. Amazing. Were you born out of wedlock? Um, no, I was not. So your father was in the home? Yes. And yet the two of them could not raise a family? Um, not, uh, not with, I, I don't understand your question. Did not you, raise a family. Did your father work? Yes, he did. Yeah, and, he worked for GM Van Nuys. And your mother worked as well? She sure did. Well, why were you poor? Um, I have no idea. I think it's because we live in a capitalist system that, uh, some people have a lot of wealth and some people don't. You don't support capitalism? Um, I think what I support is uh, families being able to feed their, their children um, uh, regularly. And I think the current system that we live under doesn't allow for all families um, to live uh, a life of dignity. Do you support capitalism? Um, I support systems that uh, support communities. Um, oh, so and in this current government, I don't, it's not about capitalism or not, it's more about who's taking care of and who's not taking care of. Do you support capitalism? I'm not, I'm not understanding your question. Do you, do you support capitalism or not? He hung up. <laughs> he hung up. James, get her back. See if she can come back. Call her again. My question was quite simple. Do we use support capitalism or not? And the answer is no. I believe but she wouldn't say it. T Anderson. I'm on YouTube now, right? I'm looking for T A Y T Anderson Molestation. Denver School Board member Tay Anderson says that he is filing a lawsuit against the people who accused him of sexual assault. A third-party investigator found the claims to be unsubstantiated, although they did find Anderson, quote, had flirtatious social media contact with a 16-year-old DPS student while a board member, as well as made posts that were intimidating towards witnesses. In a statement, Anderson says that he's a victim of false allegations that almost took his life, and he's hopeful that by filing a lawsuit, we'll find a path forward. So he's trying to hook up with a 16-year-old, and he's intimidating people, allegedly, according to his social media posts, personal social media posts. I would like them to, see, this is the thing, right?
A Denver Public School Board investigation into anonymous secondhand sexual assault allegations against Director Tay Anderson is costing the district at least $50,000. At this point, we're not aware of a single firsthand sexual assault allegation against Anderson or of any victim coming forward to police or district investigators. Nine News reporter Victoria DeLeon talked one-on-one with Director Anderson about his decision to return to work before the investigation is complete. Do you ever have a sexual relationship with any student? No. Have you ever sexually assaulted anyone? No. And there's been no situation where anything could have been misconstrued as sexual assault, sexual harassment? No. Four months after a sexual assault allegation against Kate Anderson, the Denver Public School Board Director stands by his statement that the allegations are false. There's a sexual predator currently targeting DPS students. In May, a woman named Mary Catherine Brooks Fleming testified at the state capitol. All in all, 61 high school students and one recent graduate returned to me for help. If this was true, if you were finding this information out, you should have said something at one. We shouldn't have waited till we got to 62, 63. Despite our efforts, Nine News has not been able to corroborate any of the allegations, and we aren't aware of any victim coming forward to police or district investigators. Where is the line with you? What constitutes sexual assault for Tay Anderson? Uh, what constitutes sexual assault by the state statute is rape, and I have never raped anybody. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. Just two years after being elected to the school board at 21 years old, Anderson finds himself in the middle of a controversy that's divided a community. If this is all made up, what do you think it's all about? I don't necessarily know the motives behind why people would want to push these agendas and narratives forward. I think that's a question for them. Um, why did you make the testimony? Why did you help craft the original statement? What was your motive is the question I want to know. Since the allegations, Anderson says he, his family, and close friends have been targeted with hateful messages and threats. It's one thing to criticize an elected official, and it's another to say that you want to hurt their family or to hurt them. And, you know, even when I have the former president's son and close allies, you know, making tweets uh, about me, I have put me and my family in harm's way because it emboldens the behavior of those on the right and white supremacists to come and email, to call, to harass my family and I. Do you feel supported by your fellow board members? No. Although none of them have publicly speak, spoke out against me, I know that not every one of them supports me and supports uh, you know, the statements that I've made throughout this process. Anderson says the stances he took that some call controversial weren't all that controversial between him and other board members. Getting through a lot of the changes that we've made have been monumental, from tampons in schools to having gender-neutral bathrooms to now being taught your history. Students are able to see the fruit of the labor that we have put in for them. So you've gotten a lot done, but... Why are you working towards gender neutral bathrooms? And instead of teaching them history, why don't they understand the constitution or their constitutional rights? You know? Well, you know, why don't you, we don't know all rights as a people. And on top of that, why don't we know the law? Why aren't we taught um, mathematics, sciences, STEM? If you're trying to uplift black people, why wouldn't that be the push? Some really criticize your methods. Every vote but one has been unanimous. What are you most proud of so far? 
um, being a representative for the students in the Denver Public Schools, for them to be able to look at DPS board and to say that they have somebody that looks like them, sounds like them, and understands their stories is one of the things that I'm most proud of uh, serving on this board. You got 62 allegations, bro. We haven't been able to even hear one, one accuser. I'm hearing people out there with what? Four allegations, five allegations. I'm not hearing. I'm hearing the accusers, but I'm not. It's, there's no evidence to back it, nothing like that. There's only four. This person has 62. Four. Former allies. July 15, 2021. This is four months after the initial allegations. Mary Catherine, people who identify as Republicans, Democrats, they all seem to want you gone. Why? Well, they can exercise their right to vote in the 2023 election. Whatever my future holds, it's up to the voters. That's Victoria De Leon reporting. You can see her full interview with DPS board director, Tay Anderson. Wow. Wow, just wow. And the thing is, let me see if they have anything more recent for Tay Anderson. Tay Anderson. I got Tay Anderson, but let's see. Let me just look for Tay Anderson by itself, shall we? Last thing we heard about him was nine months ago. Wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. My bad. Three weeks ago. The Tay Anderson interview presented by Superior Booking. Do you see anybody else out here who's getting to do interviews like this? What's good? It's Greg out here with Westside Productions. I'm with my boy Tay Anderson. Introduce yourself. What's going on? Okay, so they put another Tay Anderson to mess with the algorithms. Eight months ago. Tay Anderson sues BLM 5280 officials, comma, activists after sexual assault allegations. So he even has a lawsuit against his own Black Lives Matter um, board. Wow. we've done now. Those all gender restrooms cannot be reversed. The inclusivity and allowing students to self-identify and use whatever pronoun and display pride paraphernalia across our district cannot be reversed. Letting students know that we don't have to talk about critical race theory. We got what we call the no justice, no peace resolution, which was led by black women. That is on the line this election. We have to make sure that the progress that we have been building on the last two years continues. So this is our opportunity. This is our moment. Get out the vote. You have until 7 p.m. If you look, I, I understand if you if you black, you, you run on color people time. I get it, right? So you have until 5 p.m. if you'd like to run late on things. So you so get that ballot in because we gotta make sure we have the, the record voting numbers of selection. Right now we're having record low voting numbers. Here's a fun fact that should disappoint a lot of you. I received more votes than what has been cast in this entire election this year. Let me say that one more time. I received 67,213 votes for myself to serve on the board of education two years ago. We've only had 66,000 ballots citywide turned in. That's ridiculous. 
So get out and vote, y'all. It's election day. It's all on the line. Make sure you turn up, turn out, get your friend to vote, get your mom, get your dad. I was going to say your dog, but that would be illegal. We don't do that stuff over here. Uh, make sure that you get out the vote and let's go win this thing big and make sure Denver students continues the progress that we've made over the last two years. You ready? All right, let's get to work. Mm -mm. November 2nd, Kids speaking, September 21st, 2021. I support our students and their constitutional right to protest. However, it would be disingenuous for me to pretend as a, though it wasn't painful to watch. The Denver Public Schools Board of Education Director Anderson was loud on Monday evening too, as he looked toward the future, making it clear he's not going anywhere. Today, I am presenting a new framework over the next two years that I will, will need the community support to fulfill. The students who walked out of class Monday want Anderson, who is very vocal to his nearly 30,000 followers on Twitter, to be required to sign a social media code of conduct. The DPS board president agrees. A major part of this code of conduct will also be strict policies about board members' social media communications. And the code of conduct will also place clear protocols and consequences for misconduct to help ensure accountability. Director Anderson says he wants to be a part of creating that code of conduct too. Katie Eastman, Nine News.
The board vice president reiterated today they don't have the power to remove Director Anderson from the board because he is an elected official. Anderson has two years left in his four-year term. Kristen is trying to hold on, right? Trying to hold on. I just want to doing um tarot readings and shit on it. It's cool. Kids don't even know enough about science that don't have to wear this trash in the face. But you want to teach them history, right? It's called a Luciferin, ladies and gentlemen. That's all it is. Respect, right? Peace. <laughs> 